This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. The Art History Bay. Hello, I'm Ginny from the Art History Babes. And I am Zach Clark from National Monument Press. And we are the co-curators of Virtual Realism, which is a online exhibition, digital publication, and podcast project that we've been chipping away at (laughs) for a little (laughs) bit. Um, And we are now doing podcast episodes where we're talking with some of the artists that are featured in virtual realism about their work, their practice, the specific pieces that are in the show, and just, you know, art and life in general. Yeah, all those things. Yeah. Yeah. So check it out and hope uh, you dig it. Uh, Beautiful. More, more to add. <laughs> so many giggles this episode. Uh, oh, oh, God! You should have met you. Uh, yep. Um. Well, I was just gonna say that I'm glad. Um, it's been a little slow, but we got here. Yeah, we have some wonderful content. Contra- despite ourselves, we have some wonderful content um, to share um, with everyone. Mm-hmm. And um, we're excited for the show. We're really excited for um, these podcast series that are going to be coming out. Um, we are excited. Natalie made the website for us. Um, <laughs> and uh, we probably should have talked about this before uh, we started talking about this introductory thing. But um, I was curious if it would be interesting for us to describe how it all kind of came about. Because I think we stopped recording episodes before uh, the deadline was done. And so, um, you know, we had this open submission where people submitted. Um, We got a bunch of really great submissions. Um, And then as with every show, um, you pick the work that makes sense together. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then with that, we also decided we got so much good work. And we only asked for one piece from people that we decided a lot of these people have just such great bodies of work. Um, let's actually curate a whole bunch of work in um, and made it a much bigger thing than it ended up being. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I thought that was an interesting process. Yeah, that was, that was. And I think we left, we left the kind of theme for the open call 
loose with the hope that there would be a lot of different interpretations, which definitely that hope was fulfilled. But then you do hope on top of that, that like there's going to be some almost like serendipitous connections that form through the different works that come together. And that definitely happened with us. And we're really, really excited and pleased um, with all of the works that are in the show and the artists that we are talking to who have expressed interest in um, being on the podcast and just like reading more about their work and looking more at everyone's work and spending more time with it. It's, it's a great collection of work and um, we encourage everyone to check out all of these artists in more depth. In Paul's print turned out wonderfully weird. Beautifully strange. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, As anyone who follows Paul's work um, uh, would expect no less. Yep. Um, Paul Kranzenbeck, you know, he delivers on the wonderfully weird. Yeah. So we're, we're excited that there'll be the digital PDF. There'll be the online show. There'll be the, the, uh, the, the podcast. And there will also be, this print that uh, that Paul made for us and uh, Ginny's essay will get to be out in the world after all. Um, and so anyone who has the book, um, this print will be an essential uh, piece of your collection to complete the publication. Um, and so uh, I'm, I'm glad that we're getting to put that out into the world too. Yep. Me too. Yeah. Me too. So uh, yeah. I'm glad um, people waited along. And a, a, a thing that we have genuinely talked about is how we really, um, once we realized how long it was taking us, we decided to say, nope, let's just take however long it takes for it to be right. And mm-hmm. drop, stop trying to make a deadline. Um, and I think that that really worked out for us. I think so too. I think so too. And, you know, when you're creating in the time of COVID and we all have like other jobs and things that we need to do to, to live, (laughs) it's important to be gentle with yourself. And when deadlines can be moved and stretched, might as well do that. So Thanks for bearing with us. <laughs> yeah, and I, I mean, I had a very minor role in all of this, but I do feel the need to jump in just to say you guys have both been uh, humble to the point of self-critical and you guys have also done an amazing job and a lot of work and the pushing of deadlines, I think, can just be summarized as staying on brand for the art history babes <laughs> and following the uh groundwork that was laid forth uh so i think you guys are doing everything great and this can be a great show like Thanks. i'm i'm so happy to see it all come together likewise likewise okay so there's that there's uh, that that was a and- Meandering road. Heartbreak. Heartbreak. And now it's Jillian time. 
It's Jillian time. <laughs> I hope that this stays in the episode as it's Jillian time. I think it should. Let's just keep going with it. Oh, so well, what does Jillian yeah. time mean? <laughs> Wow. So we have been uh, given the honor of announcing at the top of this episode for Sweet Jillian, who you guys are about to hear all about her and her art. Um, her birthday is today. And for that, her wonderful partner, Amy, gifted her a trip to Mexico with us. Amy, you're a star. Yeah. <laughs> Amy killed it. And Jillian, you are going to uh, Mexico with us next year on our trip. Yeah, we're going to Mexico <laughs> City in Oaxaca. Uh, Thank you. And it's going to be... It's going to be great. Yeah. So we will be going to two incredible stops in Mexico and Jillian, you're going to be right there with us. So we're going to meet you in the flesh and we're going to hang out and it's going to be great. Happy birthday. Like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> what, a, what a great gift. <laughs> truly, <laughs> truly, uh, truly. And we're so excited to spend this time with you. I mean, we got to just get to know you like a tiny bit and we had to keep a secret the whole time, which was a little nerve wracking, but fun. (laughs) We had a little secret the whole time, but um, now, you know, and we cannot (laughs) wait to have you. And if you are interested in coming along too, dear listeners, anyone listening, um, check it out through our Instagram, through our website. You can get more information. And come travel with us and Jillian. Yeah. Travel with us. It's going to be fun. We're going to eat. We're going to see some sights. You know, I'll bring my tarot cards and I can give you a tarot reading by a open fire somewhere. That's just what I'm envisioning. I love it. Wow. Oh, maybe I should be coming. Maybe you oh, yeah. would. Wow. Zach. Oh. We've got a few months to convince you. We'll get there. <laughs> I'll try and pencil it in. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so Jillian, we'll, we'll see you soon. Happy birthday again. And um, I'm excited for you to listen to this. And yeah. wow, what, what a delight. Yeah. Enjoy the episode, guys. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Jenny. I'm Natalie, and we are the Art History Babes. We Back are again. In partnership with Zach Clark. I'm here. I'm introducing myself <laughs> this time. Except this is going to come out before the other one. And so, me saying oh, yeah. time is funny because of that. Time's crazy. I'm, it's, it's an illusion. It is, but I do think independently you saying your first and last name and then followed by I'm here is objectively pretty good, regardless of context. True. <laughs> uh, this is one of our episodes relating to our show Virtual Realism, in which Zach and I have uh, partnered together to curate an online exhibition and digital publication uh, in which we opened up 
submissions from different artists and then selected those artists around the sort of loose theme of working off of ideas around socialist realism and um, kind of propaganda art and censorship and the ways that that um, originally from like a art movement in a particular country in a in a particular time but can really have a lot of themes that run throughout our very contemporary lives all over the world. Um, so today, or this evening, this evening, uh, we are joined by two amazing artists. Uh, we have Jillian and we have Morgan. Mor that was so, you know, see, I you never thought it. <laughs> Morgan. <laughs> Hi. Say your beautiful name so that people can hear it, how it's meant to be said. <laughs> My, you want me to say it? Yes. Okay, Morgan. 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 Mm -hmm. Yes, Beautiful. good job. <laughs> Thank you. I know, I know our French pronunciations uh, need a lot of work. Mm -hmm. Sometimes mm -hmm. I feel like calling in and saying mise en abîme and... <laughs> yes, yes. We need the help. Like that. <laughs> yeah, we should like have a, um, like a, an immediate hotline for you when we're recording. <laughs> And and we can just like edit your pronunciation into it. That'd be that would actually be great. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Don't even mention it's happening. Just like suddenly, yeah. different voice says things in French. Like, yeah. No deal. Yeah. No. No explanation. Just a totally different voice. None. <laughs> none would question it at all. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but yes. Yeah, so we have two amazing artists with us tonight and we're going to talk about their work um, at large and also their work in particular that is a part of the show. Um, but I would love to have each of you just introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about your background. Um, and I think too, part of what's been so fun about this show is that we have artists from all over the place. So if you just wanna, as much as you want to share about like you, where you are, kind of backstory of generally uh, about your work, and then we'll take it from there. Whomever wants to go first. <laughs> sure, I can go first. My name is Jillian Abir McMaster. I am a Palestinian American artist, um, currently based in Frederick, Maryland. Um, it's about an hour north of DC. Um, I mostly utilize digital photography in my work. Um, I've recently been doing a lot more cyanotype work um, and in the work featured in virtual realism I use a lot of scanography um, in, in the work so I'm kind of blending digital photography with using a document scanner as a camera so um, yeah that's that's mainly what I use um, I guess a bit background information about me I earned um, my BFA in photography from a really small university called Shepherd University in West Virginia in 2017. Mm -hmm. And um, in my, I guess, my job, <laughs> I got into museum work. So I currently work at the Museum of the Palestinian People in Washington, DC. Um, but uh, for the past four years, I was actually working at the Washington County Museum of Fine Arts, which is a small art museum in Hagerstown, Maryland. So I'm, of course, really into photography um, and museum work. So it's it's a, a nice blend of, you know, making it and doing the museum side of things. So 
Yes. Yeah. Important to have kind of both sides of those in balance. Of course. (laughs) I know that well. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, that's, that's about me. Um, And thank you so much for having us tonight. Of course. We're excited we're to this point in the show planning. Yeah. It's the really fun part. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really exciting. Well, hi Jillian. It's nice to to meet you. And it's, it's nice, nice to, to meet, meet you everyone. too. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my name is Morgan. I'm from the land of uh, Celine Dion, which is uh, <laughs> Montreal in Canada. Um, I'm currently starting my second year uh, doing an MA in visual arts at um, University of Quebec in Montreal. And um, I'm, um, I'm, tr- I'm originally trained in philosophy. And so I started, I studied philosophy and I was a um, college philosophy teacher for almost 10 years uh, on and off. And then I decided that um, there wasn't enough money and fame and philosophy and I decided to become an artist. Um, so that was the move. Um, yeah. And I work with um, photography, sometimes video and a bit of installation work, but I mostly do digital photography about self-representation and my master's is mostly about uh, self-portraits and I work with a lot of uh, colors and cinematographic lighting and um, also my philosophy background plays a big role into what kind of mise-en-scene I do with my images Mm -hmm. Um, yeah definitely yeah I'm I'm curious about that line in particular um, because speaking specifically to your work that's in the show um, one, you know, I will talk about specifically each of your works that are in the show, but I am curious about like that connection between philosophy and visual art and particularly like the ways in which you think philosophy like really resonates in what you're doing. Like what from that field of study do you pull in most strongly to your work? Cause like, I've always loved philosophy and I think at a certain point, like in art historical studies, you can incorporate a lot of philosophy into that research. Um, But like the visual components of it are quite interesting. Yeah, I mean, um, philosophy for me has been like a set of tools that I use to apprehend the world. And what I do, what I take from philosophy is mostly the idea of being able to think with like a piece of work and philosophy makes that with words. Um, But I think that you can do it with like an image or an object or a sculpture. And so with my images, I try to have complex and um, photos that have enough layers so that people can um, look at them and have to, think about it a bit more than just um, looking at a photo. I feel sometimes with photography, um, there's something very immediate and then you look at it and when you go to it, like photography exhibition, you walk around and you're like, okay, this is a photo and this is a photo and okay. And then sometimes it goes fast a bit and I try to 
and I try to make people stay a bit longer within the images and and I I feel like that's what philosophy is it's like it's words but then you read it and then there can be only one sentence and then it has so many layers to it yeah and that's what makes you think yes absolutely absolutely and that point about photography and that there are so many layers to it and there's so much to process and to sit with, I think in particular um, really is an emphasis in both of your works. And I think too, like both of your processes are, are very interesting and I would love for you to both talk about those. So like Jillian, like if you could talk more about, your work and how you're making it and kind of how, what the process is, because when people are looking at it, um, you know, it's, it's got layers to it and it's got depth, like, you know, it's, it's a photograph, but there's, there's a lot going on. So I'd be curious to hear you kind of talk more to that. Yeah. Um, I guess there are a lot of, you know, metaphorical and physical layers to it. I would say that, you know, making the piece, so the work that's in uh, virtual realism, it's from a series called With Teeth. And it's basically um, me visualizing anger. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's there's a lot to be angry about. And so mm-hmm. I found that, you know, the best way for me personally to, um, I guess, try to heal myself from anger or express my anger or, you know, just try to do something productive with it um, is to make these scary looking pieces. And that's, you know, the the scary aspect is it's very intentional clearly. um, And it's just, it's how I am, you know, processing anger and it's just my, uh, my response to anger. So um, with that, I'm trying to make them look kind of disturbing mm-hmm. and jarring. Jarring is something that, you know, that's a word, like a buzzword in my head for, for sure. this work. Yeah. Yeah. And really uncomfortable. So um, I really do put it through a lot of physical processes and layers. So something that, you know, I would start out with was, um, what is the images of my teeth. And <laughs> that's something that it's kind of like a whole nother story where, um, I grew up self-conscious of my teeth. And so now I'm just like, oh, let me just zoom in on them and make yeah. that like such a focal point, yeah. um, which is scary in its own right. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I would start out with with that image. And the point of the work is is that it's, um, it's supposed to be a response um, to being told to smile. And so it kind of very directly addresses um, sexual harassment and that sort that sort of stuff um, like on the street. Yeah. And you know, as a as a bigger theme um, overall. And so I'm taking the pictures of my teeth and some of these pictures, I'm printing them out um, just on my little rinky dink printer. Um, and then I'm scanning them the printout itself. And so scanning them at such a high resolution is really, you know, you're getting this massive picture of the massive distorted picture of my teeth, but then you're also getting uh, the very zoomed in fibers of the paper too. So it really, it has a lot um, of tiny detail to look at in, you know, these really large zoomed in 
pictures of my mouth. <laughs> and so um, I, I think that, you know, having these many processes working together to add to the jarring effect, you know, that that's something that is, you know, you you look at it and you question it and you wonder what's going on and you feel yeah. sort of uncomfortable. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I feel like uh, physically there are a lot of different layers in that sense. You know, I'm collaging them digitally with um, other pictures, with um, appropriated images. So, yes, there are a lot of processes working together in that sense. So, yeah, totally. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Sax.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I love, I love the teeth. You've got yeah. great- <laughs> Thanks. I would have never yeah. known that yeah. there was an insecurity there, like <laughs> at all. They're, but these images are so fun. Like both of your, both of your art stopped me in my tracks when I was doing the uh, website. Just very, um, yeah, like provocative images. Like they really do draw you in um, and make you stay a while in a very fun way. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. I, f- I find it interesting, Jillian, that you're all teeth and I'm all like blank face where I, mm-hmm. I try to show very little emotion, but yeah. also kind of for the same reasons of like, why should I look a certain way or why should I look happy mm-hmm. or... Um, do I really yeah. need to do this? It's our defense mechanisms. Yeah, we right. have different defense mechanisms. Maybe I in in real life, I I'm more like yours though. This is like my fantasy. I wish I could be this scary. <laughs> I think in real life, maybe I'm like you. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that. I love that. I need to channel that. Yeah, and you know. Morgan, like your, your work is so it, like Natalie says, like it, it really has an impact on like, you're drawn into these scenes with like saturated colors and like a little bit of kitsch. And, you know, I'd be curious to hear you speak to like kind of your thought process in creating these scenes and then how you create them, you know, like what are the because you are not shy to use like props and like, and really create like a narrative, which within each image. So I just love to hear you speak more to like that backstory of your process there. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, all of these images were made in confinement, uh, stuck in my house, mostly, most of them during winter. And I do have like this personal thing where I like to collect um, costumes and kitsch objects. And I like the pink light really exists in my house. And um, I do have these like one piece leopard um, yeah, clothing that I will wear sometimes with to make fun like with friends and yeah yeah have fun with friends and you got a lot um, of animal friends yeah I kind of see it, it it's the thing right the, the the thought process about making art is sometimes a bit um it's a bit like a trance and then for me it's like I have it's it, it will start with a prop sometimes and I will like construct this idea in in my mind of um of like what can surround this prop and like the bowling ball image. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was just walking on the street and there was like a bowling ball <laughs> just there <laughs> on the sidewalk. And it's like, okay, I need to take this. It's pink and it's fabulous. And I just need to take it. And then I, sometimes I, I build around that mm-hmm. and it's mostly objects that I own and things I already have. So what I'm trying to say is that I like the idea of doing something with um, like a really polished image, but with very poor objects and poor material and even the lighting. Like I, I do have, I do use like flashes and, and lead panels and things like that. But I also have sometimes just my regular lamp. That's going to make one of the, of the light, uh, one of the colors in the image or, um, yeah, or yeah, I'll, I'll repurpose like old things that I, I have. So I do try to have like an end product that looks very like that. It takes a lot of of means and effort, but at the same time, it's it's in my living room and everything's like I do have photos of the actual set when it's not the photo, and it just it looks really weird and it looks like nothing. Yeah, and I like to make that magic happen. Um, and it's like storytelling, right? It's like this story that you tell yourself and I make it happen like in one image. Yeah. And your, your titles are really descriptive and fun too. And they incorporate like hashtags to where you're seemingly like consciously calling to like social media and like the the stories and the images that people like present on social media. Um, Like (laughs) there's one of yours um, that's, it's amazing um, where it's like your face kind of leaning over this reflective surface. And then like the reflection is looking directly at the viewer and the title is I can't even fucking drown properly. And then it's like hashtag self-portraiture, hashtag glug glug, hashtag pool ready, kitsch for sale, narcissist matters. Like it's it's just so um self-aware and like funny and fun, but also critical. Like it's it's a really interesting balance that you have there. And and I think too, like, you know, we really thought about. Um, with like the theme of 
virtual realism and, and how specifically um, social media can really be like a big part of what socialist realism was originally where it's like, you know, mandated like idealism or like, this is, this is what things should look like. This is what the portrayal of, you know, happy or successful or cool people is supposed to look like. And I feel like your work really speaks to that with that kind of nod to hashtags and all that. And I, I'm curious to like, correct me if I'm like, reading into that wrong. (laughs) Um, But how much of these are kind of almost like poking fun or criticizing certain elements of social media in particular, like how women or people who identify as women feel that they need to portray themselves in like a social media sphere. Yeah, I mean, no, you're totally right. And I think they also express my confusion and so that's what that's what you mentioned like going back and forth between uh laughing at what I'm exactly doing and and then criticizing it at the same time I think it's my way of um expressing that it's it's complicated and it's not like all sexy photos are wrong and like it's like social media can be a tool for empowerment, but it can be a tool for oppression as well. And it's like, how do you navigate that? And especially as a woman and, and when I make my images, I'm, I'm aware that I'm white and that I maybe have like a stereotypical image Mm -hmm. of, of what an, of what a woman should look like. And, and then at the same time, I'm also stuck with, with, I am this body. Yeah. And so it's like, trying to to talk about like from the point that I can talk about mm-hmm. like um yeah so it's like a, a way of of so the, the confusion for me is healthy and is like the it's where the questioning starts and that's that's the philo- philosophical background right of like I'm not really trying to advocate for anything in particular I'm not trying to say this is good or this is what you should be doing or um, this is woke or this is not woke enough or I'm just trying to think about it as I go along and and creating this space where I'm allowed to like go in a little bit of different directions to yeah to see where to see where it goes and to see it's like an essay right it's like sure I'm, I'm trying something out yeah yeah no that totally. makes sense that absolutely makes sense that absolutely makes sense. Yeah. I mean, cause these are all, I think as art historians, we can relate to those like ideas that we're processing that are like a reflection and a reaction to certain like societal expectations or criticisms or, or what have you and how you're like working through those different ideas through your art and like Jillian, you know, like you're, working through that concept of like being told to smile and specifically how, um, you know, women are harassed in a way where it's like, Oh, like smile, like you'll look prettier, like, Oh, you know, you should smile more and really like amplifying that in a way of like dialing it up to the point where it it's almost grotesque or it's almost, um, 
like feral and intimidating as a way of being like, okay, like this is what you want. <laughs> like here, mm-hmm. here you go. Um, so yeah, they're, they're both of your work are, are so interesting to me for like the conceptual ideas that you're unpacking and that you're both working through with your artwork. Um, and Jillian, I was curious too, cause in a couple of your images, you know, cause I, I always look at titles <laughs> and like whenever artists are like, Oh, here's like an untitled thing. I'm like, Oh man, um, which is <laughs> their own to each their own. I've worked with plenty of artists that, that <laughs> like to title things. <laughs> I've been trying to work on that personally too. I, I feel the same way. Yeah. It's hard. Titles it's a lot of hard. pressure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's difficult. Um, but I, in particular, I was looking at the, um, the universal burden and this one, I like you have, you know, the, the motif of the teeth, but then there's also maybe like some other imagery that like looks more kind of stereotypically like, um, you know, like here's like a beautiful, like elegant woman and, you know, this sort of like idealized thing. And I was wondering if, you speak specifically to like what some of those images are. And like, I know that you talked about like where you find images, but just in specific, like some of these where you're finding kind of more idealized Mm -hmm. um, imagery. Yeah. So for this piece um, in particular, the, the title universal burden, it's talking about, you know, how every woman you speak to is going to say that they've experienced Mm-hmm. sort of the same thing mm-hmm. um, in regards to being harassed. Um, and so the images that the other two images are appropriated. So the, the faces that are all the way on the ends on the, all the way on the left and the right, those are both uh, self portraits. And then the two in the middle, um, those are appropriated images. And so for this work, I tend to look through um, like vintage beauty books like the kind that you would find at like a hair salon yeah um I was gonna say the hair just hair (laughs) drawing me in so um I pull images from those types of books or catalogs and you know everything is just so it, it looks so you know fake and you know styled and everything it's it looks perfect um but you know they're still those are still people in photographs, even though, um, you know, they're stylized to be perfect and like the ideal and like, this is what you go to a hair salon and that's what you want. That's like, mm-hmm. that's, that's your goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm thinking even more into like the people actually sitting for those pictures in real life, you know, it's this sort of, it's a universal feeling and it's a universal fear. And so I'm, sort of just superimposing my own smile on top of their faces, their smiles on top of each other's faces in my face, just to, you know, talk about how it's sort of a never ending, it's a never ending cycle. Um, and it, it is something that, you know, all women are going to experience and it's a very sad and angering thing, but yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to show that by using all of this appropriated imagery. Yeah. Specifically from beauty <laughs> catalog. That, no, that yeah, makes yeah. a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. And when you started working on this um, particular body of work, when did you start 
working on it? Like when did it begin? So I actually started in, I want to say, let me check the date here. I guess it was 2020. God, it feels, you know, <laughs> it feels like forever ago. 2020 it feels like mm-hmm. five years ago. Um, <laughs> but it, it actually, I actually started working it like right before like the pandemic happened. So it was, I think it was in February. Um, and the first piece that I made for this series um, is actually in um, the exhibition. It's called Duchess. So that's the first one that I was working on. And that was actually at a, a time where I was, I feel like I <laughs> I have like these sort of roller coaster experiences of anger. And so that was a time where I was particularly angry. And so that was the first piece I made in response to my own feelings and trying to um, work through that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I, I started out with something that scared me (laughs) visually Mm -hmm. and made me feel uncomfortable and just kind of went from there. Interesting. Interesting. Um, Morgan, I'm curious if, because you were talking about how a lot of your work in the show was shot, like when you were just like at home kind of closed into your house. And, and it seems like a lot of the work that's in virtual realism, some of it, started before the pandemic but a lot of it um especially these like series or or bodies of work um, seem to really develop through the course of the pandemic and obviously like through the course of the pandemic a lot of things um societal issues that were already existing we already were aware of were like amplified in a certain way so I'm curious to hear if any way your work took some new directions or there were certain things that you were like angry about or that you were upset about or that you were um, working out more so once like kind of living through this insane last year and a half. Yeah. Um, Before I started um, being obsessed with myself and making some portraits, (laughs) Um, I was, I, I was actually, um, doing a lot of landscape, um, work and, um, like had really something for Scandinavia and did a bunch of residencies like in Iceland and Norway. And, um, I was also like playing with color, uh, with flashes of color and things like that. So it was always there, but, um, I felt that the, I think it was both yes the pandemic and then the masters being like a, it's basically just one big project that you make mm-hmm. um we think it's like oh it's like the project but then it's no it's 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 one it's, it has to be smaller <laughs> it's one thing yeah <laughs> and um like narrow it down um and i feel like um i don't know i've always I was always fascinated by mirrors and by, mm. you know, this, this like TikTok where people like are super depressed and go by the mirror and just like look at themselves and go like this. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, it's a bit like that. And during <laughs> lockdown, um, I mean, it, it just became this thing where you're so, I mean, it's not news for anyone. You're you're just so you're so much with yourself that um, 
you're almost intra like you're almost two people right even like socrates was like uh, when i come back home at night and no one's there there's someone waiting for me and it's me and it's like this dialogue you have inside your head it is a dialogue like there are often more than one people talking mm-hmm. and i feel that that was amplified during the the pandemic and there's only like it's like you can get bored but then your brain can't stand being bored for that long and then you need to come up with something and for me like i'm a very social person and friends are a big part of my life and i like yeah i like costume parties i like karaoke i i like big i like Celine Dion like i like big bold emotions and when you're at home and the quiet it's very difficult to reach for those emotions mm-hmm. i feel that yeah the the work probably was i don't think if the pandemic wasn't there the work would have would have been the same mm-hmm. definitely Mm-hmm. I don't know if that answers your question. No, that does. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, I love that you were technically doing these photographs at the same time that Bo Burnham was doing inside. <laughs> They feel aligned in some way. <laughs> I know. Everyone was like, you need to watch inside. And then I finally sat down and I felt like he stole my idea. I was going to say that <laughs> reminds me. Of, it's uh, the way uh, there's an author who talks about uh, simultaneous discovery. And that is definitely sounding like a simultaneous discovery moment. Yeah. Yeah. I listened to the pod- your podcast on, I think, was it a borrowing or I can't remember Mm -hmm. the title but I was thinking about that and I feel like no need to have bad feelings right it's like oh well I am it's difficult a little bit of frustration because like it's my idea but then you also discover a bunch of people doing relatively same things and you're like okay I am of my time I am a contemporary of of all these other and we are saying something like it's becoming obvious that there is like something similar. Even I don't know if you know the YouTuber ContraPoints. No, um, I'm writing it down. She's a she's a one wonder very, very interesting uh, trans woman who had who studied philosophy and she has these all these sets and she wears costumes and colors and I'm like, well, I didn't know you and we're doing something similar and and ends up like what does it say about us? Mm-hmm. Should be the question that I'm that I would ask myself what does it say yeah that's a good way to frame it and yeah because it's like equal parts kind of like validating that like you are tapping into something that other people are also feeling but then it could probably be a little triggering too just depending on where the overlap is and um you know the feelings that brings up you know we get 
it, and it's very easy to do where we get tripped up in like ideas of like originality, authenticity, who, who has a, and, that, and that's totally fair. That's, I think that's a human reaction. We can't really help it to a certain extent, but I also think looking at it, like, and you're talking about like, you know, I am a part of my environment in the contemporary society in which I exist. And I feel like maybe those kind of common links in terms of how creative people are expressing themselves being more alike is like a symptom of us being in this like really like universally fucking weird time um, where we haven't had so much of like a globally shared experience like this in a very long time. And so there are more creative people who are reacting to that, that you can like draw um, kind of like lines of connection between mm-hmm. just a thought. Maybe. There's there's some people who say <laughs> art gets uh bad when things aren't happening that are screwed up. That like hey yeah, you know, <laughs> all of these really horrible situations are technically good for art is is an argument I've heard a few times. Yeah. <laughs> um just because we were talking about Morgan and your kind of like timeliness of your aesthetic and your work, um, I kind of wanted to cut back to Jillian and I feel like there's a like a timelessness of yours like especially with the black and white it's very vintagey feeling it's very old photo feeling like is that an intentional thing that you're kind of playing with that technically it's really hard to tell like when these photos were taken in the context yeah yeah I think the the black and white um definitely was a, a conscious choice to make it more ambiguous um just to make it even more of a jarring experience to look at. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I definitely feel I, I, there's a color. Well, there's a piece in the exhibition that has color. And I think if I remember my own work correctly, I think that's the only one in the series that does have color um, in such a bold way. Um, and even though it has like that bright red, you know, it's still, the highlight for lack of a better term um, to outline the, the dark scariness of it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, it definitely, um, it definitely lends itself um, to the ambiguity of it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it would be really different if, if it was in color. I I don't know um, technically how I would handle that. Yeah, no, I definitely, I like the kind of like monochrome or like, yeah, even just this slight inclusion of color. Cause I've, I've been mm-hmm. looking at this image that I am smiling to and I, it didn't even register that it was color. I know that's a weird thing mm-hmm. to say. Like, as soon as you said that, I was like, oh yeah, the red, but I like um, that. there's something I like about it. Yeah. That it still feels, maybe I'm thinking like dark room. Like there's something about mm-hmm. all of this that makes mm-hmm. me think of film. That makes me think of like a very tactile photography experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think that's where the red was kind of just blending into my vision. Yeah. But um, yeah. yeah. So fun. So good. Zach, you're making so many good faces over there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, <laughs> I have been chewing on a question that like everyone has been kind of chipping at in a way that I'm like, oh, I'm starting to fu-, like, but instead of it chipping away for me to figure out exactly what my question is, I'm like losing portions of my question um and classic type two artist problem over here uh, <laughs> and um 
I like that I reference the thing that I made up as if it's a it's a like <laughs> held um, taxonomy of of creation. Um, but um, so this question I keep chewing on, and and I'm gonna put it out there, and you pick pick it up. Don't think it's dumb. That's okay. Um, and yeah, we have addressed it a little bit, but um, I I think what's a thing I keep coming back to is how both of the collections of work that are in this collection from both of you are, are such outliers from your practice otherwise. Um, Jillian, to a lesser extent, like you have a couple other things that are in mm. this alternative photography type of thing. And Morgan, like your infrared photos are aesthetically speaking in the exact same wheelhouse as what you're working on right now, even though those are beautiful landscapes um, and are completely different you know, topically and subjectively. Um, and so I'm really interested in like, these also seem like two of your um, most personally political. I don't know. You can also feel free to agree or disagree with that as that um, statement as well. Um, and so the fact that these are outliers to think to, to what you're working on otherwise how do you feel about that within the context of your practice? Did any of that make sense? Uh, <laughs> yes, yes. That's something that I am like plaguing my mind with constantly. It's, yeah, the other work that I do is um, very like straight photography. Um, and it's about something entirely different than this series. And I think that this, I, I kind of like go back and forth. I'm like, well, eh, like what kind of artist am I? Like, do I do this sort of like straight photography, just like fine art portraiture of children <laughs> or do I, <clears throat> excuse me, or do I make these like scary toothy pictures of myself and say something completely different? But um, I don't know. I, I've tried to convince myself that I don't need to worry about it as much as I do mm-hmm. um but yeah you're right I mean it is it's so vastly different um I feel like this work is more for um myself and me trying to heal something within myself um and hopefully other people can you know um find that sort of catharsis by looking at this work um whereas you know my other photography is more me exploring themes of nostalgia and childhood versus adulthood and um, really exploring what children find important to them and exploring how they are in their own um, playtime and in their own lives and just trying to understand children. And it's, it it seems very, very different to me. Maybe other people could make more of a connection. Um, It makes total sense to me. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, yeah, it's very, very different. But yeah, I'm glad that you asked that question. (laughs) Yeah, it's a good question. I feel like, like on a practical level, it's just difficult when you have a practice that's not like 100% easily coherent because you need to write your artist statement for uh, funding and stuff like that. And it's always a kind of, okay, which image which image am I going to include? Like, how am I going to write my artist statement? They need to see that I have like this line and I know what I'm doing. And 
And I feel like that's the money game and that's the game we all have to play at some point. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know. I feel like in the beginning, I gave a lot of um, space to that and it prevented me from doing things that I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And um, I I mean, where I'm studying, they're wonderful. They're just like, please try and please uh, fail and try again. And um so I, I gain a lot more confidence uh, in just doing whatever the fuck I want. And then trying to like, the more that I will do that, the more maybe something else will crystallize in the future that will maybe unite these two things that seem kind of different. But also to me, it's not it like on a personal level, it's not that different. It's still for me, landscape is still self-representation. It was just more in a metaphysical way where I'm, I'm like existentially questioning things. Um, and it's more evanescent and, it, and, and it's not very political or maybe it's, it has this, this like eco anxiety thing to it, but it's a bit more dreamy and it's not anchored into like, yeah, social media and, mm-hmm how women are represented and things like that. But um, it starts from like this really, I feel it starts from the same place. It's like, yeah, it's know yourself. What are you? Who are you? It's, and it seems like a bit cliche to say that, but to me, that's where it starts. And it's where my explore, like I was led and eventually to self portraits, but it could have been that if I hadn't started with, the landscape work yeah yeah that makes sense that totally makes sense it's a bit more vulnerable too when you turn the camera to yourself (laughs) I want to ask about that because that's something that you guys both do for this work for the upcoming show like you guys are both using yourselves as subject matter and what is that like I'm sure it's probably some mix of like cathartic and horrifying just that's me projecting based on how I would probably feel but um how do you guys feel about it um I think that self-portraiture is um it's such a more comfortable way for me to experiment um I I feel like self-portraiture is kind of how I started out it is how I started out with photography um like back in high school Mm um yeah it is you know you are being very vulnerable um which is something that i personally have a really hard time doing as well um hence the anger defense mechanism work um so yeah yeah self-portraiture it i mean for for me it allows me to just you know be more free with the experimentation of the work itself i mean yeah there are like the con there's the context of the pandemic um but I don't know. I feel like there is something empowering in choosing how you represent yourself. Agreed. And, and it's, um, for me, it, it was, it was liberating and it was, um, yeah, it was a space that was like, the photo is a space that is mine and it's a space that I, the in which I choose every little detail which 
regular life is not like that. You go out in the world and you don't choose what surrounds you and how you're looked at and how you're represented. And the way I make my photos is that I have a live view of my camera on my phone. So my phone is in most of my self-portraits. Yes, um, I noticed that, but I didn't realize that there was a practical reason. I thought it was just as a prop. That's really cool. That is amazing. <laughs> yeah. So, so it is kind of a prop. It is. Um, cool. But it's also, yeah, it's like, it's the remote and it's the live view. And so when I'm like laying on the bed and I have the phone like that in the book and I'm like making sure like the side boob is there, but then that the book, you can mm -hmm. see what's on it and then the light hits in the right spot. And um, so it's just like my micro move, micro movements that I, that I make. And, and I don't know, it's all, it, and it's, there's never any like, it's always me on my own and no one's watching. And if someone is there, it's not going to be the same. So it's, yeah, it's really something that it is vulnerable because when, when you have bad photos or when you, you're not doing it properly, like, like one eye is closed and it's just like nothing works. And, um, <laughs> but then you get to that sweet spot where you're like, okay, something happened there. And I made that happen. Mm -hmm. Like it's empowering all by myself. I chose everything. I did everything. I like, I'm the model a bit like, uh, you know, Cindy Sherman vibe or like yeah. mm -hmm. one, one woman, many, many jobs. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. It's exhausting sometimes, but it's right. right. rewarding. <laughs> uh, womanhood. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> a full-time job <laughs> if it isn't clear from what Zach and Nat and I have all been saying we really have a lot of respect um, for both of your works and it's been really fun like looking at more of your works and um, like selecting even more than what you <laughs> submitted to be in the show and um, to talk to both of you and to get more context behind, you know, the conceptual themes and, and all that you're like working through um, with your work. And um, it provides so much richness for already very rich work. Um, and before we kind of wrap up, you know, if, if you want to tell, tell the people, tell the listeners, obviously um, we'll link your uh, info, like your Instagrams and all that on our Instagram and things will be linked in the show notes. And then we will um, have the show live on the website. But um, if each of you would just like to tell people where they can find you, if they want to see more of your work, if they want to learn more about you, um and any uh parting words you'd like to share feel free uh the stage is yours um <laughs> uh, well um you can find more of my work at my website at jillianmcmaster.com and i'm also on instagram jillian abir mcmaster that's a b i r um and i guess my parting words Sir, thank you so much. This has been such a, such a fabulous experience. Um, and I am so grateful. Thank you so much for having us in the show. And um, yeah, it's seeing the draft of um, the exhibition. It's so great. It's so wonderful. So thank you. 
Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it's um, it went by really fast, and it's it's really, especially in these times, it feels really good to be able to like open up a bit on your work and share with people and feel like there's a, a community and um, and people actually looking at your work. It, it's 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 really nice. Um, and the discussion and the feedback and the, the exhibition, I'm really excited to see as well. Um, and if you want, if you're curious um, about my work, um, I did update my website now just for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's Mor um, Morgan, M-O-R-G-A-N-E-C-G.com. Um, and my Instagram is Morgan. Uh, M-O-R-G-A-N-E-F-O-T-O, photo with an F. Nice. And uh, every morning uh, I drop uh, memes and selfies. And um, yeah, I love, yeah, swapping gifts and memes with random people. And <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, the, that, that's what I do. And then the occasional actual photo that I will post. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you again so much. It was uh, really nice to meet you Jillian too like knowing other artists. yeah it's, it's been great talking to you too um and it's been like um I'm I'm fangirling big time like it doesn't show but I've been listening to your podcast for many years and when I started um making art I didn't have a lot of art history background because I kind of did all the things from scratch and I was and I was using you guys to educate myself and to read more on on different topics, and so you've been accompanying me on many like running adventures, walking adventures, cleaning adventures, <laughs> yeah, adventures, yeah. So it's been uh, really amazing to be part of it. Thank you. That's yeah. That's wonderful to hear. And I mean, I think what's been so cool about making the show and like our decision you know to curate a show under like the art history babes and planning to do more in the future and like Natalie Zach and I all met like in grad school where we were um looking at friends art and talking about their art and talking about things we were reading and having conversations like the one that we had today which is obviously harder to facilitate these days so we're we're all very appreciative of you two for submitting your work and being open to coming on and talking with us this was a really fun um enriching conversation my brain feels really good so thank you <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you just helping us uh chase that grad school friendship high that we, we keep chasing. <laughs> Nothing quite like it. <laughs> yeah. Lifelong pursuit. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, we'll wrap up this episode. Thank you everyone for tuning in. Be sure to check out virtual realism on our website. Um, and check out more of Jillian and Morgan's art. Yes, um, you must. You must, you must. And uh, we'll wrap it up there. Thank you. Thanks so much for being here, guys. Have a good Thank, you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>
Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I burp right when that starts. Jesus. I've had some pet nap tonight. <laughs> That's, that is the introduction for sure. That is where the episode is starting. <laughs> I got talked into playing hockey tonight. So that is why I have only had this one half a beer, even though I planned to be the opposite. Oh, hockey. That's hockey, man. You know, just coming in and. It's always hockey. Okay, I, I need it. It's been a couple weeks. Um, yep. You know, I get. Yep. Play your hockey. Play your hockey and then eat your weed tonight. Like you do. This is a great opening. We can cut all this. <laughs> yeah. Parts will stay. Parts will go. But, yeah. So, hello to you out there, people listening. Uh, I'm Ginny from the Art History Babes. Here. Uh, oh. No, please. Now's your time. I think that we just need to cut, start over. Okay. That was Director that was Zach was coming rough. in hot. That just was a really rough five minutes there. We can, I know we can do better. That wasn't five minutes. That was like one minute and 20 seconds. <laughs> but yes, we can start over. Well, like five minutes. All right, I'm going to go like child of fighting parents and say it was somewhere in the middle of those two times, guys. And let's start from the top. <laughs> oh, I have my mic off. Did you hear that? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> no, you sound good. And just had the little knob off. Uh, bye. <laughs> bye. Bye. <laughs> Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.